When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Joe Forrester and you're listening to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. You can get in touch with us at Rose Ed Soccer on Twitter, at Rose Ed Pod on Instagram and on TikTok. And if you like Facebook and stuff like that, then you can get in touch by searching for Rose Ed Soccer Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Look, just put that in and you'll find us. You'll find us. Uh, big week in the Premier League, of course, and Carabao Cup to talk about. But just something that I wanted to talk about right at the top of the show is uh, sadly somebody I know from Instagram who's also a fellow presenter passed away this week. Um, Hattie Gaynor was only 29 years old and she had a stage four inoperable breast cancer. She's spent the last year after getting the diagnosis um, about a year, 18 months ago, documenting her journey on Instagram. And that's how I came to, to find her. You also might remember her from... Uh, got to dance with Cheryl Cole. She got quite far in that. And she used the scariest, I suppose, most terrifying, uncertain, painful time of her life to share her journey, inspire others who were going through the same journey, but also to inspire women to get checked out and to, I suppose, find out more about the charities that she was a supporter of and to remind them to get checked and also just draw attention to this terrible illness and something that at the moment there is no real conclusive medical treatment for. Um, and her family have requested that if you'd like to make a gesture of remembrance, you can donate to at Copperfield people or at make seconds count, which is uh, M-A-K-E to N-D-S and the word count. They're breast cancer charities. Look, girls, get yourself checked. Guys, obviously, get yourself checked as well. It can happen to anyone. It can happen to young people. And just, yeah, all the best to Hattie and her family at this time. She's an incredibly brave, inspirational uh, woman. I feel proud just to have interacted with her on Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, real, real inspiration. I just wanted to say that at the top of the show, just to encourage people to kind of go and find out more. Anyway, you are listening to Rose Ed. 
It's the Definitive Soccer Podcast. With me, as always, looking like she's about to read us a story, <laughs> it's Hannah East. <laughs> Hannah, what's going on? You've sort of got a weird orange glow going on yeah, from below I've you. Got, I've got a new ring light and um, I think <laughs> I've put the wrong setting on, so I look like I've been on a sunbed for three weeks. No, you um, look like it's like, hello and welcome to story time with me, Hannah East. <laughs> We're all going to lie in bed with Auntie Hannah and read a story. A bit different to what I was going for. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> What's in the box? In the box behind me? Yeah. It's my shredding and just a few bodies. Um, you know, how it goes. Are you a shredder? Sure you you shred stuff? I do shred stuff. Why? Yeah, I shred everything. My family. No, <laughs> just receipts, <laughs> receipts and stuff. Yeah, do you not shred? No, but why, why? Do you feel like like the FBI are after you or something? It's quite an extreme <laughs> thing to do, shredding. <laughs> I've got a very big shredder. Um, I can put a lot in it. So, um, yeah, shred everything. It's my, fine. My mum brought a shredder about 15 years ago and we used to shred everything. It's like, mum, no, nobody cares about your paperwork. You're, you're a teacher in southwest London. It's not like the Illuminati are after it. Like, what does she think? It's the Da Vinci Code or something. Um, <laughs> Mike Stavro, <laughs> I've never said his name. Producer Mike is with us as well. Hello, mate. Yeah, I didn't even know you knew my second name, Joe, to be honest with you. Just, Mike, just producer Mike. Shocking. Just producer Mike. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Joe. Very well. Hannah, I've also, you know that poster behind you of the London bus and Big Ben? Yeah. I've got I that. stole that from, have you? Yeah. <laughs> I stole that from a student house. They were throwing it away um, and I found it next to a bin and I thought my little boy would really like, really like it. So I actually stole it. Um, Sorry, carry on. It's a nice picture, though. It is. It's not nice if it's all covered in, like, bin juice and stuff. Why? Just, do you know what, Hannah? I'm not going to lie. I've got one in my room. It's about 15 quid. Treat yourself. Right, you can really? You can have mine. Okay. <laughs> um, we launched TikTok this week, Hannah, and we've had a, we've had a comment-heavy week across all our platforms. Yeah. Um, people have been getting involved in the TikTok. Yeah. And we've been replying to them. Has that been fun? I mean... I, th- I feel like I'm arguing with 15-year-old boys here. Well, you are. You know, which I am. Um, somebody said that one of my uh, impressions was, and he used the word shit, really offended me. So it was almost as if it was uh, I was about to have a fight at school, so I felt the need to uh, bite back, which I don't think you, you don't feed people on these uh, social media platforms, but no. I can't help it. Okay, so we've had some interesting feedback on the week we've launched our TikTok, particularly on Hannah's Timo Werner impression. So <laughs> I personally love it. I know Mike is a big fan. So some people have said, uh, well, Cam- Camfula says, well, that was shite. <laughs> big <laughs> big Zaddy Isa says, WTF was that. Jude Moore 360 says, that's Tim Warner. <laughs> Movie quote says, I think you cut out the part where someone does a Timo impression. Will you stop laughing, Joe, at these comments? And no, I'm laughing because they're so wrong. And this is my um, life. Pen- Pentecost says Timo dishwasher. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> so we we asked Timo this week, uh, didn't we, Hannah, for for we an did. official response, and, and I believe mm-hmm. we can hear that now. And um, so yeah, I phoned him and just asked him what he thought, and he said, uh, "I think uh, this uh, is not very nice. Uh, these people with uh, with small winkies on uh, what you say TikTok saying things like Hannah's impressions are shit uh, makes me super angry, and uh, I am not very happy." Thank you, sir. Sir Timo dishwasher there. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> When's the impression going to start? <laughs> oh, nice one, Timo. Thank you. Cheers, hon. But also, 
people have been getting in touch on Instagram. Well, one thing that's sparked a bit of a conversation, okay, in, in my DMs in the last day, in the last day, literally the last day, is the Eric Dyer paradigm. So I posited on the show last week that a wonder goal is better if it's scored by a worse player because it's harder for them to do. So therefore, for example, if Eric Edmonds scores a screamer, that's better than Steven Gerrard scoring a screamer because Eric Edmonds not as good. So he has to try harder. And then people started getting in touch because there's a bit of a difference of opinion on this, right? So Rob Troubadour on Instagram says that anything that Dennis Burkamp touches is a wonder goal end. So I said to Rob, well, surely the threshold's higher for Dennis Burkamp because he's so good. And he said, yeah, I agree. Look no further than Noe Pamaro's goal for Portsmouth versus Newcastle. And this sent me on a bit of a YouTube wormhole looking at <laughs> old goals by rubbish people, right? So Simon said Czech Teote scored one wonder goal for Newcastle and it's better because he's a rubbish player. However, Stuart says, I think it's the opposite. If Eric Dyer scores a quality goal, then it's lucky compared to if Messi scored the same goal because you know it's skill and it's more men. A great goal is a great goal, but I appreciate an overhead kick from a world-class player more than when Crouch did it. I laugh a bit and think fair play, but that won't happen again. So I didn't really think of that. Mike, you're nodding your head. Do you think it's better if a good player scores it? I think that's a really interesting point because it, it's right. It is a complete fluke. I remember uh, Pat Jim Kasami for Kasami, sorry for Fulham, oh, scored yeah. that ridiculous Van Basten esque goal, and I was like, he's completely just hit that and hoped like, at a ridiculous angle. He probably shouldn't be shooting. It's it's one of them ones where he probably hits it um, like ninety nine times out of a hundred. It goes into Rosette. And then that one time he hits it and it just pings into the top corner over the goalkeeper and it's ridiculous. So I kind of see what you're saying. Like Dennis Bergkamp, you expect him to twine up uh, Nikos Stabizas on a on a daily basis. Um, but someone like that, like Kasami, you probably wouldn't expect him to do it. So yeah, I guess it is, it is a bit more uh, interesting to watch someone great do it because you know that they can do it week in, week out. So that's a fair point. I never thought about that actually. Interesting. So actually, I'm glad you mentioned Kasami's goal because Mike said there is no better goal than Kasami's for Fulham. If Ronaldo had scored that, it's shown on every highlight reel everywhere. And I agree with that because my favourite yeah. goal pretty much is Emre Chan's bicycle kick against Watford in the FA Cup. And I think that's better than the Rivaldo bicycle kick, the Ronaldo one, that Gareth Bale one. I think that it, because he's not as good a player as any yeah. of them. That Wayne Rooney one, I think... Chan's goal is better because it's Emre Chan. So it's more like that's a wonder goal because it's something wondrous. Look, if you want to get involved with what I'd like to call the Eric Dyer paradigm or possibly the Eric Dyer equation, <laughs> lack of talent plus quality of goal equals wonder goal. I don't know. <laughs> we'll workshop that. Then it's at Rose Ed Pod on Instagram or at Rose Ed Soccer on Twitter. Um, Hannah, so man you're, what, you're, you're having productive interaction on Instagram and I'm just arguing with kids on TikTok. This is, this is what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> well, Hannah, we, we can both agree that we're wasting our potential because you're arguing with teenagers and I'm just sharing YouTube clips of goals from 15 years ago from obscure Premier League players with strangers. So none of it's what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hannah, Manchester United are rubbish again, aren't they? No, they're not rubbish again. They are. They need time. Is all I'm going to say. They need, need time, time to mold as a to team. Think it over. 
the training sessions to you know that interaction playing together that they need time so let's just they've had a lot of time Hannah haven't they under Ollie well no I'm thinking the 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 team this season the season's young I mean we didn't play I was disappointed last night actually um, with their performance um, against West Ham but it is what it is. We move on. You can't keep dwelling on the past in football. We have to keep moving on, be positive, think about the progression, the excitement in our team. And I think come Christmas, if we're not doing very well, then it's a case of thinking, oh, there is a situation. But at the moment, I'm, I'm a positive United fan, despite last night. It was also kind of a uh, something we probably can't mention because Hannah essentially accused quite a prominent uh, figure from Manchester United's past of, of insider trading and fraud before we came on air. And this is what it's all down to. So we can't really talk about Hannah's actual conspiracy theory about why all this is going on. I'd say it's just not true. <laughs> it can't be. It can't. You two are both like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been listening to a podcast about uh, conspiracy theories recently. I was like, what are you two lunatics talking about? Uh, but my like I, I personally think, right, I think United could be quite a lucky team anyway. And I thought they were relatively lucky, obviously, against West Ham at the weekend um, with Mark Noble missing that penalty. And West Ham have now knocked them out the Carabao Cup. Are United actually good or are they lucky? I think it's a bit of a weird one. And you can almost ask the question. I read a, a Jamie Carragher column uh, a few weeks ago and he was talking about Ronaldo coming in. Uh, yeah, it's, he's going to get you 20 Premier League goals, but like at what cost to the team? Because they've basically built their entire uh, play around him now. Like everyone feeds Ronaldo, everything's about Ronaldo. Like he's taken so many shots in the box. He has scored, he has scored four goals, so that's completely fair in three games. Um, but it's at what cost to the, to the entire team? Because obviously, you looked at them against uh, West Ham on, on the on the weekend, the, the game that they they narrowly narrowly won. Um, thanks to uh, David Moyes bringing on Mark Noble to score a penalty he when a he, penalty, though. yeah, should have had a penalty, but yeah. I, like in in terms of decisions that that were given on the pitch, why they brought on Mark Noble. But anyway, I think they were sort of a little bit lucky there in 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 a sense, and the defending was just all at sea. Like I, I didn't really know what I was watching. And you think when you bring in someone like Rafa Varane, like a World Cup winner, you expect him to solidify the defense. I think they got they've gotten worse defensively based on this season's evidence so it's just like what is the plan what what's going on um their players like like donny van der beek uh anthony martial i'm not really sure what they're doing there i don't know what the plan for them is uh you've got someone like jesse lingard who you probably should have let go and you could have got some money from because it's a bit of a waste to have him coming off the bench i don't really know what that does for him uh, for for his career um, and I just don't really know what the what the sort of plan is. It, I, I know that Solskjaer is a very good like man motivator, um, but is he good at at that high level, like making split decisions? We spoke about it last week, didn't we? With um, in the Champions League. So yeah, I'm just a bit confused. And to answer your question, Joe, I do think yeah, they're they're sort of a moments team, and that does involve luck, some luck along the way. Yeah, Hannah, can I just quickly say like I because the thing is, I think right, and I'm not going to have a go at United now. Yeah. But I just don't think Solskjaer's a very good manager. And I think you've got such a good team, right? And I think if you put in a top quality manager, like Max Allegri was available for a couple of seasons. I know he's not doing very well at, at Juventus now, but yeah. there's top quality managers out there. And I just think you give that team to a better manager and United are a serious, serious side that are going to push Chelsea right at the top of the table. Whereas now I just 
don't think you will. And I know there's a moral argument. It's like, well, he's not done that badly. He's actually done okay. So why would you sack him? But completely ruthless. Football clubs in general, especially top level football clubs, are completely ruthless in every other area of the game, furloughing staff and all that kind of thing. So why stick with Ollie? He's he's the the linchpin of the organisation. I just don't. I don't think he's got what it takes. But I think that's the that's the problem, okay, with um, the perception of fans in the UK particularly. It's like you you think, oh, he's not playing very well. We've got four or five games into the season, right? The team aren't doing very well. Get rid of the manager. And we've said this before in the past, people are too quick to get rid of them. Like if they have an ethos and they've got a vision, you, as a fan, you have to support it. So who else would United get in? Because United are a special team. They have the grit and they've got history and Ole is part of that history as well. And they have the real ethos behind Manchester United. So there's no point in going and getting a manager that has no affiliation with Manchester United in the past. I'm trying not to say manager so you won't do a real where I keep saying the word, <laughs> sponsored by the word manager. Um, <laughs> but what's the point in going and getting somebody that has no passion for the club and get them to come in and then it's a waste if they don't have the, the correct ethos and vision. What do you mean but- somebody, somebody whose job is... Get a manager from abroad to come in. God's sake. I'm trying really hard. Get somebody you can, to you come in. You can say in. head coach, Anna, as well. Yeah, that's, I'll say head coach. Another. What's the head, head coach? Get head coach to me. <laughs> <As> a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy you over a manager. But anyway, that, that's that's how it, who would you who would you say for a head coach for Manchester United then? If it's not Ole and you don't think he's good enough for the job after four or five games of this season and we're, you know, criticizing him straight away, who is? I don't think that actually. I just think he's been there a couple of years and I've never thought I don't think he's done a bad job yeah. at all. I just think if you're looking I don't know, in any other business and you're going, Okay, this is not gonna but say you've got a sales team and you've got someone who maybe you think, okay, they're getting us seventy five percent of the sales that we could. Somebody could get us 100%. He's not doing a bad job, but there are people out there who would do better. And I, I just yeah. don't think you're going to maximise yeah. the potential of that team with him. And I understand his affiliation with the club and all that kind of thing. So fine, move him upstairs. But you should have got Max Allegri when he was available. Should have gone hard for Diego Simeone, Julian Nagelsmann, someone like that. I think there's better can you, that. Joe, can you draw comparisons to Chelsea a little bit when they had um, Frank Lampard? Because, you know, that that's what Hannah's saying. He has affiliation with the club, you know, loved yeah. by the fans. But is he a great tactician? Is he a great manager? Does he have a plan? I'm not sure. And I think you couldn't draw comparisons in the past because United weren't dropping like 100 million on, on loads of players uh, the past few seasons. I know first sort of real season Oli had, he brought in like Wan-Bissaka and Dan James and that sort of ilk. But... This season, he's spent seventy million on Sancho. Um, he's brought in Rafa Varane, and they've got Ronaldo now. So this is when you need to judge him and say, "Well, you've got everything you need. It's one of the best squads in the league, if not if not the best, apart from maybe a holding midfielder." But anyway, you've got people in there who, who can do a job, and then that's when you need to judge him and say, "Can he maximize this squad?" Because you look at Chelsea; they were ruthless. They got rid of a club legend in January. And they hired Tuchel and they won the Champions League and they now look like the best team in the Premier League comfortably. They're investing in the team. Yeah, they're investing in the team. And you've got to say you have to have a manager of Tuchel's ilk to to get the best out of them. So I don't don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how long they give him. They'll definitely give him the season, I think, just because of they've invested so much in him already. And you're right, it would be silly to sack him after five games of the season. But I just wonder how long they'll let it go on because I don't think they'll win anything this season again. Um, I think they'll be. They might be up there in the top three, but I just can't see them winning. Yeah, Frank Lampard's a really good example actually because he wasn't doing that bad a job, Frank Lampard. But it's like we can get more, 
out of this team. And Thomas Tuchel, an elite level manager, showed you how much more you can get out of that team. And I just kind of, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think Ollie's good enough to have you say Rose Ed Pod or Rose Ed Soccer on the various platforms. You'll find us if you're up for that kind of thing. Kids, TikTok. So, yeah, kids get on TikTok. Look, <laughs> oh, do you want to have a little cry after school because Hannah shouts at you? Get on TikTok. <laughs> All right. Hi, Hannah. I like your impression. Shut up. <laughs> Shut your face. Um, Tottenham lost 3-0 to Chelsea at the weekend. And I hate I hate to admit when Hannah East is right, but you talked quite a lot about Harry Kane during the Euros and about how he was dropping too deep. Yeah. Harry Kane was playing on the halfway line. And I mean, that's because there's a lack of creativity in the Spurs midfield. That's because Tottenham should have bought a creative midfielder or play Tangi and Dombele more. But they showed a match today, the touch map, Lukaku compared to Kane, and Kane was playing like a defensive midfielder. Um, I thought Spurs were appalling. To be honest, I thought Spurs were absolutely appalling. First half looked all right, but second half, it could have been a lot more. It was pinball in our box. Um, and I'm just a bit depressed about Tottenham, to be honest. Um, Hannah, do you think Spurs are better off without Kane or he's playing in the wrong position? He's just playing in the wrong position. He needs to be in the box, in the middle of the goal, end of. That's where he needs to be. He's getting older. I think the team needs to work around, rather than saying um, uh, talking about positional play, that's where Harry Kane needs to be. And then you work players around him because he's going to get you the goals. Um, and I think the the ethos of him maybe getting a bit deeper on the pitch just isn't working. It's it's just not him anymore. And we talk about other players as they get older, they progress. They they, they can't run as much on the ball. Um, they, they're not great with um, with attacking. So it's basically just put them in a position and work the other players around them. And for Harry Kane, that's where he needs to be. And you'll get the most out of him rather than the performance you saw at the weekend. And as you identified. Yeah, Mike, I don't know what you think. I mean, Hugo Lloris made four or five really good saves. It could have been an annihilation. Bear in mind, Spurs were at home. I just thought team just looks like he's got no shape, no identity, all at siege. Made me think again, potentially the wrong manager. I know you're an Arsenal fan, so I'm not going to get much sympathy out of you, but I was. <laughs> it, was it was a pretty depressing Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I just want to go back to what I said on week one, Joe, after Spurs beat Man City. And it was like, you were so hyped. Like, oh, it's going in the right direction. Nuno's the man, you know, perfect defensive structure. All of this, like going 100 miles an hour. And I was like, week by week. Yeah, take it week by week because the Premier League is like that. But I think, yeah, um, in that game particularly, I actually thought Spurs did quite well in the first half. They sort of worked out how to play Chelsea. Um, and they, they were pressing well. Harry Kane's position was a bit questionable, yeah, but I thought feel like it works. You just didn't capitalise on that. And then Chelsea, having the better manager, having the better plan, having the better squad, brought on, uh, took or brought on Kante for Mason Mount, completely changed the game. Um, he was everywhere. Kante obviously scored the goals well, a bit lucky, but yeah, that's that's the difference basically. Better squad, better manager, better plan and they were just ruthless and that's why I think they're going to they're going to win the league cuz they've they've got they've got all the elements to sort of go together and they've got the goal scorer now even though he didn't score you had other players stepping up around him and yeah Spurs I don't know I, I said this from early on just watching Wolves last season they were great against against the bigger teams it was against the sort of lesser teams where they struggled a little bit um and I just don't know after having Mourinho, if Spurs fans will part with Nuno and his defensive football, like I've, I speak to Spurs fans and they're already fed up. Like they're already saying, "Is this what we're going to be like?" And um, it was a bit, it was a bit, sort of a bit ominous what Nuno was saying after the game. Like 
about how they just weren't good enough and there wasn't enough attacking play defensively they were shoddy so it's like okay well what is your team about then yeah what 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 is it what sort of plan are you putting forward so I i don't know it's going to be another interesting one to watch i think there's going to be a lot of managerial changes this season I love I love how much football fans forget things and I'm guilty of this because as you say when Hannah did that impression of me whatever it was no 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 yeah we should we should play that again yeah we should <laughs> I can drop that in don't worry literally just a mock Joe sorry but, Joe but I'm I, passionate I did say quite a lot right a few months ago why don't Spurs get Graham Potter and everybody poo-pooed Potter but Look how well he's doing with Brighton. It's good attacking football. He's had a rubbish team at Brighton. Mm. Give him a decent team. I would much, and I said all along, get him in. It was, no, 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 he's not high profile enough. Who cares? We're rubbish. So we don't deserve a high profile coach. I'd have much, much rather got him in. And Mike, anyway, it's the Depression Derby on Sunday. So where are we watching yeah. it? Well, I'm, I'm going to the game. So cool. So what do you want to do? You... Meet, up, meet, up, meet up after for a, for a pint and a dissect? Yeah. What do you think about Sunday? I don't feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Arsenal fans have been getting a little bit too excited um, because we won three games in a spin, but those games have been against Norwich, Burnley and um, last night against Wimbledon. So yeah, I don't take too much stock in them. I think we'll have a bit more confidence, but at the end of the day, like North London Derby form doesn't come into it. So I think it will just be whatever team wants it more on the day, not particularly convinced by, by either team's tactics, to be honest with you. So I think it will be a passion derby, to be honest. Who wants it more? It just sometimes football boils down to that. And I, I feel like it'll, it'll be like that at the at the Emirates on Sunday. It, it could be quite amusing because it's two bad teams who desperately want to win playing. So, and obviously, yeah. is Shaka going to be back? Is Granite Shaka going to be back? Shaka's back, yeah. I, I'm not sure if he comes straight back in um, because Arteta's been sort of toying with a new system. He's finally playing the... 4-3-3 that he's been talking about all this time. Um, when, and I was particularly su- surprised against Wimbledon, um, even though we won 3-0, like Thomas Party was playing in that game. And I was like, what? Like this guy needs to be wrapped in cotton wool. I was a bit surprised, uh, but I think he was just playing to build up his fitness. So you'll be interested to see what happens. I don't really, like this is the thing about Spurs is that they've played like so differently. Like they've beaten Man City and they've got smacked by Chelsea. I don't know what Spurs will turn up. I don't know what sort of style of football they're going to play. So I can't really judge too much about what sort of game we're going to get. It's, it's a really weird one. As you say, like both teams are quite crap at the moment. So it'll be it'll be weird. Well, it could be quite fun as well because Shaka and Tanganga, the two most violent men in the Premier League on the same pitch. <laughs> that could be quite amusing. Chelsea played City. you too, outside the stadium. Yeah, me and yeah. Mike. <laughs> Put them up. <laughs> Why, yeah, Yoda. Um, <laughs> stop it, Michael. Um, smack you in the face. So, Hannah, Chelsea playing City on Saturday as well. Is that a title decider, definitively? Well, that's going to be an amazing game to watch um, on Saturday. So I'll cage my kids up to be able to uh, to see that one. <laughs> Put them in the I box think, behind um, you. Yeah, yeah, in the shredder. Um, no, that, I think that's going to be, like you said, I think it will be the decider. I think Chelsea are going to dominate that game. You were moaning earlier because your kids have made too many friends at school and now you have to talk to their parents. I know. It's like <laughs> my I appear to have popular children, which most parents would be like, that's amazing. I love how confident they are. However, not when every parent wants to chat to you at the school gates. I just want to listen to a podcast to pick my kids up and go. But um apparently not. Yeah, I have to socialise with people and I find that really difficult. Do you find that's it offensive when it's like 
you're Bradley's mum and it's just like, no, he's my kid. You don't like yeah. to be like reframed like that. Yeah. Are you Bradley's mum? No, I'm Hannah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Hannah I don't know who that little lad is. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> As he's walking towards me, a food around his face and his uh, his pants around his ankles. I'm like, I don't know who he is. Oh, chip <laughs> off the kid. old block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so some exciting news this week for no one. Romeo Beckham is making his professional soccer debut. Do we think he Mike, who's he playing for? He's gonna who's he gonna be playing for? Inter Miami's reserves, is it? Yeah, uh, Fort Fort Lauderdale, which is like their sort of like reserve team. Uh, he's he, he's made his debut already. Actually, he he played on the on the weekend, um, and he got sort of yeah. I mean, I I didn't watch the game. I have to admit, I'm not a big Fort Lauderdale fan, but um, it's just interesting because how on earth as a, as a kid do you live up to your dad's like this is David Beckham like great player like incredibly sexy man like rich famous like the poster boy of football. How do you do it? I don't, I don't know. Big well, boots to fill. So. It's, the, it's the problem that my kids are going to have. So <laughs> when when this is Papa Bear, being one of the Cubs is pretty intimidating. You know what I'm saying? How many times have you said that? You get me, Hannah. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> the psycho eyes comes out. Yeah. When this is the old silverback, how are you ever going to find your way to the top of the troop? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think this you should really have scary. children. <laughs> but he's playing alongside Harvey Neville who's Phil Neville who obviously coach out there Phil Neville's kid as well Gary Neville's kids must be like what you doing like you've kept us back here Uncle Phil's in Miami and I'm in (laughs) some you doing like with the scouse at the end there didn't he yeah it did what are you doing what are you talking about (laughs) so they're just chasing like cheerleaders in Miami and they're what like wheeling around barrows of coal in the streets (laughs) but Hannah have you have you ever let your parents down all the time daily um I actually ruined Christmas once my dad told me and do you know what he called me he called me a stupid bitch and he's never sworn at me in my life what you done stupid bitch so what happened was they bought me I've always been a tomboy so I've always played football and stuff never used to be into makeup but Claire, you know, the band from Steps, Claire, the lead singer. The woman from Steps. Steps. Yeah. Woman, Claire from Steps, yeah, the lead, the woman, yeah, from Steps. She <laughs> brought out a, a video where she was putting makeup on. So my parents bought me a video that lasted an hour of this woman putting makeup on herself. And then they bought me some makeup. So they went round to our neighbor's house to get drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning. And dad said, Hannah, can you just stir the cranberry sauce every 10 minutes? Well, Claire from Steps was uh, midway through the eyeshadow section at that point. So I just didn't stir it. So I actually burnt a majority of the Christmas dinner and just left it on the hob and didn't stir it. So I actually ruined Christmas. And my dad said I was a disappointment and called me a stupid bitch. How old were you? Uh, Nine. I'd say that's their fault. (laughs) (laughs) I would. Yeah, I would as well. But dad is really cross. Drunk Yorkshireman has left a nine-year-old with a VHS on and said, can you look after the dinner? And then it's your (laughs) fault when it gets burnt because he's gone to get drunk. (laughs) That's a big task. It was. And I used to be really responsible. Um, But yeah, dad just said every year he's just like, well, we're not going to do cranberry sauce this year, are we? It's like, all right, Dad, God, I'm like 35 years old. He's really gaslighting you because that is so his fault. And yeah, he's yeah. funny. Can I just say, <laughs> Hannah, now yeah. it's 20 odd years later. Mm-hmm. Just, it's not your fault. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. It's like Goodwill Hunting. It's not yeah, your fault. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> not you too, Joe. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> 
if anyone ever says to me, do you want some cranberry sauce? I'm like, oh, no, thank you. I've got such a fear. <laughs> get anxiety over it. Uh, Mike, have you, have you ever let the staff roost down? Well, I mean, I'm just a living disappointment because my sister is a, is a doctor. So Ooh. it's just like everything I do is just never enough. It's like, you know, um, when, you, when you're when you like seeing family and you haven't seen for a while and then you've all, you're all grown up and uh, everyone's like, this is my daughter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's my, yeah, there he is. Yeah, so, oh God, that got really deep, but no, no, yeah, living disappointment. But there's, no, there's, there's been no cranberry sauce incidents because um, I'm not, I'm not a very good cook. I just wouldn't be given that, that responsibility. But cranberry sauce is not really a, a huge thing in, in our household. Nice. What is it? So, halloumi and stuff. Yeah, you know, kebabs for Christmas. Yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Chips get the barbecue off. put a turkey on the barbecue obviously <laughs> spit roast it yeah oh. all of that <laughs> oh, so, so, merry christmas mr stafford <laughs> spit roasted on christmas day Christ. you're too full you live? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> what about you joe well um if you ruined christmas i'll, I'll just generally disappoint your family i got expelled from school so that's my mum was a bit disappointed so basically so me and my auntie still think this is really funny my mum doesn't like to talk about it because she's still cross so it's it's nearly 20 years later so basically so I got a scholarship to go to a posh school right so this was this was quite a proud moment for the foresters right because we couldn't obviously afford to pay so I got a scholarship and it was like oh it's this big thing right ever but I've always been quite badly behaved and I mean, you might be shocked by that, Hannah, but I've, I've always found it, I've never done any, I've never been like mean, but I find it, if there's the potential for something to be funny, make myself or others laugh, I think it's worth it. So I would always be like, I know I'll get in detention, but James might laugh. So it's so <laughs> worth doing this thing. So I used to get in quite a lot of trouble and I got like several kind of detentions and then we had Saturday detentions at my school and then I got suspended and all that kind of thing. And like the fire brigade came and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, then for my last year, they were like, look, if you do anything else, we will expel you. And my mum was like, look, you've gone to this school, right? You've given yourself a real like head start in life by having a great education, all this kind of thing. Don't mess it up for the last year. Promise me. I'm your mum. So I said, mum, I promise. And I was really, really good until my last day of school. So I knew I wasn't welcome back for sixth form. So we did that thing where um, everybody draws and signs your shirt, right? On the last yeah. day. You remember that? Yeah. That's something we do yeah. in the UK. I don't know if they do it in the US or, or other countries. And somebody on the back of my shirt drew a giant red penis so, oh, ding, correct. <laughs> so, like, the answer is giant red penis. I didn't, I, I kind of didn't really think much of that. But also, my friend Bully had convinced me to, can't be a bit of bully. Your friend Bully. My friend, my friend Bully from Catchphrase, and convinced me to get loads of smoke bombs. It was, I'll just set them off on the last day. You're not going to get in trouble. So I went around the school sort of after first period and set off smoke bombs in various rooms, the bathrooms and whatever. But the thing I did that was a bit stupid and a bit short-sighted was when everybody was kind of at the vending machines and whatever at first break, we're talking like 200 kids, I lobbed loads of smoke bombs in like I was like a 
football hooligan at Galatasaray in the nineties and closed the doors. So there's all this smoke and everyone in my head, everyone's like at the window, like, no, <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't like that. Then I was like, oh, it's quite bad. The fire alarm started going off. And I was like, oh no. So I'm just going to run away and hide. So I basically, my friend Will lived around the corner. So I ran down the driveway and I was like, right, I've got to dump the evidence. So I went to where I knew and I dumped all the smoke bombs and everything in Will's front garden. Now he insists I was trying to frame him. I wasn't. If I'd have thought about that, I would have, but I didn't think that far ahead. And then I came back and I went to double art and the whole art block was deserted. And as I walked in, Mr. Hill, my teacher, was looking out the window over the playing fields. And I walked into the deserted art classroom. I was like, trying to be casual. I was like, oh, what's up, sir? What's going on? I thought we had double art, yeah? And he was like, oh, there's something going on with your year on the field, Joe. And there was 180 people in my year. I looked out the window. The headmaster, the two deputy headmasters and all the senior leadership were there with all 180 of my year. And they were berating them, right? And me and Mr. Hill watched out the window as this group got whittled down into like 10 of my best mates. And then eventually people started coming back to... Uh, to art and we're like oh you're right mate do you uh do you know anything about that smoke bomb because they're kind of interested in the smoke bombs i was like nah man nah i've just been like just chilling all day man i've been in the bathroom you know <laughs> so <laughs> obvious that it was me anyway eventually one of the deputy heads comes in drags me out puts me like i go in the deputy head's office two of them are there plus my head of year plus the headmaster and they're like, we know it's you. I've got, I've got no idea what you're talking about, guys. And they were like, we know it's you. I was like, no, I don't. And they was like, we know it's you. I was like, well, how do you know it's me? Like, because we've seen you on CCTV running down the driveway with a massive red knob drawn on your back. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh God. So my mum had happened? to come and pick me up. Well, she worked at the school next door and she was having a fag outside with her friends. And one of her friends was like, when three fire engines came past, went, wouldn't it be funny if that was for Joe? She's like, yeah, oh, he wouldn't do that. Oh, oh, Joe. So then what happened? Well, she picked me up and she wouldn't talk to me for like a day. And then basically they said, well, we don't want you to do your GCSEs here. And to be fair, one of the deputy heads was like, look, he's an idiot, but he's not a, like an unpleasant idiot. He's just an idiot. So let him do his GCSEs here. So eventually there was a deal struck where I was allowed on site for five minutes before and after an exam. Otherwise they'd call the police. I mean, I'm not being funny. The police have got better stuff to do than come and get me because I'm there too late after the biology exam. But yeah, so that's what happened. And then I then I went to college and now here I am, a big success. <laughs> <laughs> You're so naughty, Joe. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mum. That was one of my kids. I kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, you can't <laughs> say, Jesus, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, has it? <laughs> With Mr. Creelman, blimey. Um, <laughs> So there you go. So that's that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go from there? That's too long for a reel, isn't it? That's going to have to be a whole IGTV video. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, the, the vice president of Suriname played 54 minutes for the football team that he owns at 60 years old. Um, that's that's not on, is it, Hannah? Would you like, if you owned a football team, would you put yourself in the team? Absolutely not. No. No? No. What would your role be? Um, I just wash people down after they've finished the game. No. I don't think that's a job, is it? They're not elephants <laughs> at a zoo. <laughs> wash the boys down. Can somebody hose um, off Scott McTominay, please? Give him a rub, Hannah. That's probably quite a nice place to, to leave the show for this week, I think. I mean, we've gone places today that I just don't think we ever thought we would. Really dark today. It's got really dark. <laughs> um, look, thank you very much hannah as always 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike, as always. Thank you, Joe. It's Rose Ed Pod or Rose Ed Soccer across all the various social media networks. Do get in touch or send Hannah a comment or whatever you like to do or get involved with I'll my reply. <laughs> banal debates. Um, we do love chatting to you. It's the best bit of the show. We'll be back next week where it's going to be Hannah East's birthday special, Woo. which is going to be very exciting for everyone. Um, look, it's been great fun as always, and we will see you next time. Bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.